Hi, and welcome to The Piece of Persistence. I'm your host, Abigail Wright, and today I'm at the home of Jen Ponton. She's an actor, and she lives in rural New Jersey. Yes, there actually is such a place. I was introduced to Jen through a mutual friend who says, and I quote, she is joyful, positive, and uplifting in every way, and it's paying off for her big time. Jen is a New Jersey native and a comedic force, best recognized for her work on the Emmy-nominated episode of 30 Rock called Reaganing, opposite Kelsey Grammer, where she gets swindled at a Carvel of all things by the Best Friends gang. It's in season five, and it's hilarious if you're looking for it. Jen does theater, film, and television, and she's guest starred on The Good Wife, Blue Bloods, Boardwalk Empire, let me see if I can remember them all. Law and Order SVU and Believe, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. She's currently starring in the film Love on the Run, and she's been part of the recurring cast of Adult Swim's The Heart She Holler with Kristen Shaw. Living in rural Warren County, New Jersey, she considers herself a country girl at heart, and she lives enjoying life with her husband, who happens to be her college sweetheart, and their bunny, Pebbles, who I just met and is adorable. Jen, I'm so excited to be with you today. It's really just a blast to meet you. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks, Abby. My pleasure. So I'm curious, how did you get started? Did you always want to be an actor? Totally. One, one thousand percent. Um, I was one of those kids who essentially emerged and found my purpose immediately. Um, even though it wasn't really validated by anybody particularly, I was just kind of this extrovert in, uh, coming from two introverts and they kind of just stared at me as I paraded around in square dancing skirts and wigs and my mom's <laughs> high heels and like just vogued and sang and danced and I was a ham, total ham, almost more so than I am now. Really? Yeah, I feel like because now it's like, okay, this is what I get to do. I don't have to like, I don't have to like prove it to anyone, you know? Sure. What was your family life like growing up? Uh, it was just me and my parents. I am an only child and I grew up in the sticks where in like a section of in a section of a very small neighborhood already that was really just us and like some older couples, but there really were not very many kids around. So I was a really isolated child. Oh no. Um, which is why I had such an active inner life. So um, it t was very formative for my imagination and for my ability to like entertain myself and tell stories and want to be other characters because it was really just us and cornfields and a graveyard next door. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the Muppet Babies. And the Muppet Babies, totally. <laughs> Muppet Babies, Winnie the Pooh, uh, like all of my fictional, the My Little Ponies, the Care Bears. I love My Little Pony. Yes. Are you close to your parents now? Yes. Um, my dad actually passed earlier this year. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Uh, he, he passed at the end of January and we, yeah, we were, we were very close. My mom and I are still very close. Um, and, and my extended family is wonderful. My cousins, my aunts and uncles, everybody's really 
supportive and present and um, and really really lovely. So yeah, we've got a good family, and I've got a great in-law family that I love. That's great. And you have a show called The Weirdos Next Door. It's available online and on YouTube. How did that come about? Pack Hay Productions is myself and Kay and Packy, who are dear friends of mine. And it all really germinated from two things overlapping. First of all, Kay wanted to build Packy, who was her husband, um, his very own like cookie monster. And she had that kind of like brewing around in her head like, huh, I, it would be cool to make a puppet. And then at the same time, she and I were part of this manifesting positivity podcast. Nice. It was really fun. And we would get together with some really great people and we would essentially start recording in the middle of a table and we would all have lunch or dinner and we would just have a round table discussion. That's wonderful. It was awesome. Is it still available? It's still available online. We haven't done it in a very, very long time. Um, a lot of those people have sort of like gone out into the world and we've gone out different directions. But um, but the ones that we had were great. So if I wanted to find it, I would just Google... Manifesting Mastermind podcast. And uh, so she and I were part of this group and we would have... We would talk about life philosophy and the whole purpose of making art and sort of what your inspiration was and what the greater message was, the why of your work. And we kept coming back to Jim Henson and what a fantastic why he was. Because yeah. really the message of everything, the message of the Muppets, the message of Fraggle Rock, the message of Sesame Street was like, be you and dream big and just believe in yourself and things will happen for you, right? Yeah. Um, and that was, that's something that I think our generation really took to heart and not in a foolish way. I mean, we see so much industrious creativity, so much, so many passionate entrepreneurs these days. It's actually kind of amazing. And... Uh, that's that's a why that I hold very close to my heart. And so we talked a lot about how the Muppets were so much more than just entertainment. They were, first of all, a way to come together as a family, and secondly, like, a really worthwhile philosophy um, that that is, like, the core of who I am and who a lot of people in our generation are. Um... So we started talking about how we wanted to carry on Jim Henson's legacy. I know how convenient that Kay was learning how to make puppets. Hmm. And wouldn't it be so cool if, well, my dream was to act alongside Muppets. And wow, if she makes some Muppets and I get to act with them, we could like make some puppet movies and we could make a family. And so that love of Henson and those passions... Uh, we essentially made a hybrid of that with our love of virtually all 80s entertainment, especially like the family television that was so readily available to all of us, really up until like 97, 98. And, um, and The Weirdos Next Door was born. Nice. Yeah. 
So digital filmmaking is so accessible right now. I mean, you're doing it. I'm doing it to a degree. Even Hollywood is, you know, going to Amazon Prime and Netflix for new original creations. What's your take on content creation as an actor? I think as long as you have a story that you want to tell, why on earth would you not? I think, um, I think the only place that it becomes sort of like, oh, is if you feel pressured to create something or like, well, everybody's making a web series, I guess I should too. Sure. Well, everyone's making a film, I guess I should too. No, make it if you want to make it. And then if you do have something that's like dying to get outside of yourself, then your, your possibilities, your resources are really limitless, you know? Especially not with a big budget. Like, it, I, I know that series can be made with larger budgets and crowdfunding and everything, but for the last three years, we've survived by the three of us being the entire cast, crew, and production team, <laughs> like end of list. Maybe, maybe we have a fourth pair of hands in here or there, but we haven't hired a crew. We've kept our overhead literally zero. That's amazing. Oh, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. We would like to expand to a point where, where we have some funds and we can then hire someone to actually do sound instead of us or a DP or, you know, gaffers, but like, yeah, I feel like there's there's so many opportunities to just make what you feel like needs to be your voice in the world. So you have these friends that you work with and in your networking and connections. How do your relationships affect your life and career? You know, it's it's something that I that I learned from my marketing coach Dallas Travers and or at least that was reinstated by her and I feel like it was a great direction to keep close to the heart. Yeah. Relationships are the core of everything, right? It's not it's not how great your work is, it's not how how vogue you are, it's <laughs> not it's not you know, it's not your it's not how castable you are necessarily. It's at the end of the day, who wants to be working with their friends? Right? And at the end of the day, for 16 hours on set, maybe huh. it's raining, maybe it's a billion degrees, maybe you're, you know, maybe your back is aching and you're tired and all you just want to do is flop down and go to sleep. The last thing on earth you want to do is work with people who are not pleasant to be around. It's so true in any career. In any career, but definitely in one that is as labor intensive or at least as many grueling hours as filmmaking and production can be. And I think because of that, working with your friends is such a pleasure. So it's so nice to be able to be friends with filmmakers and casting directors and directors and playwrights and, you know, just people who, yeah, sure, they work in the same field, but they're also really interesting, lovely people. Also in the realm of relationships, um, I feel like I feel like with any major tragedy, your world sort of gets reset mm -hmm. and not necessarily in a bad way. 
And in the wake of my dad's passing, um, or, or certainly since he became very, very ill a year ago, um, it was just another, um, in, a, in addition to many things that it was, it was also another shift in the paradigm of like, life is short and damn it, be around the people you love to be around and stop settling for people that treat you less than that. Yes. Stop allowing that to be part of your energy. And instead, it's almost like cropping and then magnifying. So, you know, the people that you want to be in your life, let them be there and, and just shower love on them and allow them to shower love on you. I feel like really enhancing my friendships, like the good ones that I want to proliferate has been a huge part of of my year and like on the fun side of it um that's that's also been in like you know now we're in this wonderful house we're in the woods we're in a beautiful spot and we're now hosting weekly like dinner parties really low-key you know nothing crazy fancy but just having people over and like having an open invitation whenever they want just people who make our lives better and whose lives we hope we make better as well that's wonderful it's awesome <laughs> it is awesome i saw it in real simple and i was like this is insane and it's it's a concept a movement called friday night meatballs yeah i've heard of this yes so it is literally neither of those things for us it's like saturdays and it's not really meatballs it's more well, at this point, it's grilling, but it's also, like, <laughs> spaghetti because I have, like, vegetarian and vegan friends. But um, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's the consistency is amazing. And um, and the, the low expectations, like, it's not this thing where, like, you have to block out a period of time and, oh, no, I don't know if I can make it. Great. If you can't make it, next week. And if you can't make it next week, maybe you can make it four times this year. But it's four times this year that I would not have otherwise seen you. For anyone who hasn't heard of this, the idea is to keep it really simple, right? Keep it really simple. You're not supposed to tidy for more than an hour before people come over. So if they come over and your house is a mess, your house is a mess. Like, And for also for you to really not make more than one or two dishes. And for them to be simple, simple, simple. So like, I would make spaghetti. And my husband would cook on the grill and people would otherwise bring potluck. So fruit salads and side dishes and kohlrabi and, you know. So you're really enjoying living in the country. So much. How does living out here help you and has it made your life or career difficult in any way? Thankfully, the difficulties have been very minimal and really they've only come into play when the weather is really, really bad. Hmm. When we got terrible snow, I had to I had to beg off of some obligations that I had. Um, but otherwise, it's been it's been more than worth it for a little added time in my commute. It's been so restorative for me. Like I am a person who my soul just gets filled up by being in the trees and near water. 
and I've been craving it for so long and for so long I thought that was just kind of not a necessary thing but being here now my quality of life just inside let alone you know let alone on the outside just I feel like my well is full Ugh, wonderful it's so good. What does a typical day look like for you, whether you're here or traveling in the city? If I go into the city, I usually have to be in by 9.30. Um, and I try and stack my days. So, like, I do business coaching for actors. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when I go in, I have those coaching sessions in the morning. And then I might go do my own accountability group um, in Chelsea, for a handful of hours where I, you know, get to do some actual business stuff and I get some friends soul food and maybe I'll go out for like an early dinner with a friend and then I'll come back home. Or if there's like an audition in there, that'll fall wherever it does and then I'll come back home. And on a day that I don't have to be in the city, um, I usually start the morning with some writing because I'm working on a feature film script. Wow. Yeah. If I'm if I'm feeling particularly uh, like the day is mine, I'll start the day with some yoga. Um, and I will then usually dig into a bunch of work that I have at the ready for me, whether it's like marketing design that I do for actors, which I can do from home. Um, whether it's working on my own business and like my marketing materials, uh, or my outreach to people with whom I, I really want to work and develop relationships with. Um, and there's also a whole lot of work on the series, whether it's writing or just having meeting like Skype meetings with Kay, who's over in Hackensack. Um, or whether it's getting together like press releases for us or festival submissions. So if I'm home here, a lot of time is spent up in my office, just like working with my, with my hands in many different pots. So you really hustle. Yes, I am a big time hustler. Do you have any habits or rituals within that that help you thrive? Definitely. Um, writing first thing in the morning is fantastic, fantastic, and really sets the day up for success. Um, whether it's like a gratitude journal or whether it's a script that you're working on or whether it's, um, you know, kind of just morning pages, which Admittedly, I never had the tolerance for nearly as much as I enjoy writing my own work. And morning pages are? Are part of the artist's way, um, which is a very, uh, a very famous book and, um, and sort of system for artists to be more tapped into themselves, their spontaneity, their wellspring of creativity. Um, admittedly, I really hated morning pages. <laughs> like, resistance is still there. But I, I do love getting up and writing first thing in the morning. Um, I also 
I really, uh, something that I feel like I've been able to do every morning at the start of my day is go out and tend to my garden, which is lovely and another really great, like, first centering action, almost like even before coffee for me, mm. is like go out, water things, take a look at them, maybe clip some herbs for the bunny. It sounds like nature is a big part of your livelihood and rituals. Enormously, yeah, yeah. And everywhere that I like to work, like windows, a view, when it's nice out, just opening up the windows and letting the breeze come in, working on the deck, I love to do that. Jen, what are your goals as an actor? My number one goal is to be a series regular on a delightful, successful, long-lived comedy. I would love that. Like, like 30 Rock would be awesome. Or Parks and Rec. Or The Office. Something, something like those just wonderful shows. Arrested Development, which ended far too early. But like, a really well-crafted comedy that has a wonderful following and is smart and well done. Yeah, that would be awesome. How would you define success? For me, success is in the joy of the pursuit. Because if you measure success in the results, first of all, you're not going to be happy for 95% of the time, and that's crazy. Secondly, I mean, we've all achieved some level of what we've made a goal or what we've hoped to achieve. And usually by the time we get to that next plateau, we're like, all right, oh, life is kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, and that's what's crazy about it. Like I can envision in my life that being a series regular would be super different in virtually every way. But the bottom line is life would probably for the most part kind of feel the same. And so it's really, really important that your day-to-day -day life feels successful, that you let the success be in, wow, I take these steps towards my dreams every single day and I make time to smell the roses, perhaps literally. Um, I make time for myself and the people that I love. I, I have a passion for what I do. I feel like no matter where you're at, if you can measure your success in those, in that, in that pursuit alone, you're fine. Like, if it never got further than this, I would still live a very happy life because I'm really happy with where things are right now. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's so important. Like, everything else, everything else is just, is just dressing, you know? Sure. And great wonderful but the meat and potatoes of it is like I, f I feel like a successful thriving artist good for you thank you yeah I don't know I feel like people should feel worth it wherever they're at with their lives with who they are with what they're doing they should feel like they are enough so you work a lot with other actors and you're a public figure. Do you see yourself as a role model? Definitely. And I've always, I've always wanted to be in like, in so many ways. Um, 
my 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 outlook on life uh there i don't know there are studies pointing to like optimism and positivity as being a genetic trait yes and i think that's exactly what happened with me because i come from two very realistic parents um you know people who definitely are pragmatic um cynical you know (laughs) but very realistic people And I have always been a dreamer. I've always been a hoper. Um, Thankfully, someone who also takes action to support those things. But, like, I've always been a glass-half-full kind of person. Every every cell of my being has known that. And uh, and that's, that's really come to the forefront for me as, first of all, an artist. Secondly... You know, someone who you wouldn't necessarily look at and be like, oh, she should be a TV star. Hmm. And I think there are a lot of people like that that feel like, well, I don't look like the kind of person that they'd put on TV, so why would I be able to do that? I feel like I'm a role model in a whole lot of different capacities. As a woman, as a funny woman who doesn't just want to be, you know, the hot chick who's like, there for dressing for the male protagonist. No kidding. You know, I feel like there are so many ways in which I really just want to help inspire people and level up as a society that it's... I'm happy to be a role model. I think you're becoming one of mine. Aww. (laughs) I feel like you've mentioned so many already, but do you have any secrets to your happiness? Totally. I'd say the biggest one... And probably, probably one of the biggest reasons that I'm in this room right now is dissembling your preconceived notions, your glass ceiling, um, your limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Just take them down. Whatever you think life is supposed to look like, whatever you think the path is supposed to be and how you deviate from it, allow it space to be different for you, right? The journey is so different for everybody. And so when I was thinking of moving from five miles away from Manhattan to 40 miles away from Manhattan, sure, I was having a lot of like, ooh, nobody really does this. This is not really a thing. How could I be here and thrive in that? And I've been booking and working like crazy, and I've been really happy because I allowed that possibility to not create a glass ceiling for me. I allowed it to be, well, sure, I could be both in the sticks and really happy where I am and thriving. Why not? I feel like only if you really hate your job right, and then you move out here does it not get better because you still hate one of those things, you know? So... In every possible way, limiting beliefs and glass ceilings be damned has been enormously, has been like the reason for virtually all of my happiness, right? Because only when we put ourselves in a box of like, well, this is what I am and this is what I can be and that's sort of where I'm stuck. Not helpful. It's so true, right? As an actor, I'm curious, how do you power through rejection? I mean, I know we all experience it, and I'm sure with all of your successes, even you've had some, but how do you view it? 
for every booking that I get, I get like five to ten no's easily. And the, the, what's, what feels easy for me at this point is that I know it's not a personal thing. Very much so. And, and people are adamant about that being the case. Like, there are so many people involved. There are so many, there are so many balls in the air at one, at one time that it's never about like, well, you just suck. <laughs> it's always about like, well, we already have a blonde or well, we all, we decided to make her 10 years older or well, we decided to make her 10 years younger or whatever it is. Right. I mean, if that relationship is still there, that's all that matters, you know? And so whatever, job to job to job. There, um, there was a, there was a role that I would have, I would have just put myself on train tracks for recently, <laughs> um, like a month ago, and I knew from the get-go that I wasn't going to get it, but not, not because I had like a feeling, because the role was for like a 40-year-old, right? and they were calling me in anyway, and my agent was like, they know you're really young for this, but they want to see you anyway, and I was so in love with it because it is the newest adaptation of my favorite book of all time. Which one? It by Stephen King. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, there's literally not a single role in there for someone my age who is female. Not a single one. They're all like established parental adults and children and that's it. So they called me in for a 40 year old woman. I was like, there's no way I'm getting this. But you know what? The joy was in, first of all, getting to read sides from this new script, which was very good. And it's a project that's been in the works for years and years um, and really under wraps. And I kind of felt like part of a, part of a, like a club. Cool. Yeah. And I got in the room and the casting director was like, oh, you're really young. And I was like, yeah, I know. So I'm just going to come in here and have fun with you guys. And like, it was a great audition. Am I going to get rejected? Totally. Am I going to take it personally? Absolutely not. Because it reflects nothing on me or my worth as a human being or anything like that. It's just, it's how it goes. That's a great attitude, though. Totally. So I usually like to ask at the end, I hope you don't mind, but do you have any advice for us? You know, something that I'm working towards, yes, I do. No matter who you are, no matter what your dreams are, your goals are, your action plan, um, one of the, the happinesses in the journey, right? So one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was live life every day as though that's already happened. With the few exceptions of, yeah, maybe you're not on your yacht drinking like, you know, eating oysters and drinking champagne, maybe your day-to-day -day existence, how would you wake up in the morning? What would you, what would you choose your alarm to be? How would you start with stretches or some kind of, you know, sun salutation, or would you start the day with a phone call, or would you make coffee first, or would you 
you know, or would you start the day talking to your partner? Like, whatever it's like, how can you make your current day-to-day -day existence match that of where you think you want to be? What would every day be like? How would it start, at least, if you were an A-list movie star? Because even Will Smith gets <laughs> up every morning and goes to the bathroom and has a cup of coffee, yeah. right? So how would you set that up? And, and then going through your day with, with, with exception to those really outlying right. exceptions, red carpet events, crazy vacations, going to Tahiti on your private jet, really everything else in your day that you feel like waits for you there can be right here and can help the present feel much more fulfilled for you because as opposed to like looking up at some temple in the sky and being like wow I wish I was there you've already got that in spades here the the journey the present moment can be just as fulfilling sure I feel like if you have a dream then you then the possibilities exist for you to nurture it and may, and ensure that it grows and and give it life you know I feel like I feel like anything else would be cruel and I kind of I don't really believe in a cruel universe yes right and that yeah. might be a little Pollyanna of me because how many examples could one point out where that's not the case for many many people but at the core at the core of people at the core of the universe I believe generosity, goodness, and possibility. And I think, I don't know, I think growth and not destruction are the, are, are the principles of everything that we're built upon, regardless of individual choices or, you know, the problems of the world today. Hmm. I hope it's real. I think it's real. I have to admit, I couldn't resist having Pebbles make her debut on our show. Everyone, this is Pebbles. Say hello, Pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> Jen and Pebbles, thank you so much for inviting us in your home today. I really can't thank you enough for letting us be here. Thanks for being here, Abby. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us on the Piece of Persistence. Give us some love via your comments. Say hi to Pebbles. Write us a review and share us with your friends if you liked today's episode. And if you haven't already, please like us on Facebook and subscribe to find new ways to balance happiness and success in your life. But if we forget what really makes us sing and dance at night, it's the other people around and our dreams that live. The sun from underground